Hey everybody, Casey here. We just realized that the audio from the first half of the message didn't get picked up, so this actually picks up towards the middle. But thank you for listening and hope you enjoy. He says that Paul had ran his race, right? He knows he's about to be murdered. That's the reason he's in this prison. He's awaiting his execution. What's so powerful about what he's writing this is what we can apply to our life is that you have not finished your race yet. God has more for you to do. If you feel like you don't know what it is, you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, I can tell you, God has more for you to do. And if you feel discouraged with where you are in life, if life doesn't look like what you want it to look like, if you're at a certain age and you're like, this isn't what I expected, and you're just like, well, I just want to give up, or I'm just going to, you know, just coast through it. I could promise you that if God was standing here face-to-face with you right now, he would look at you and say, if you're not dead, you're not done. He has more for you to do. There's more ministries to start. There's more businesses to launch, more people for you to come in touch with, more content, more hope to be shared, more friendships to make. There's more addictions to be broke because of what God has for you in your life. And so what do we do? We're going to fully finish the work that God has started in your life. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, like, if you knew what my, my schedule is like, I have so much stuff. And, like, Katie gets on me all the time for adding more stuff. We have a little shared calendar. She's like, why do you keep putting stuff on our calendar? Quit adding stuff to it. Quit saying yes to people. And, and she gets so upset. And I'm like, I just, I like to make people happy. Like, I like to say yes. And then you're like, I'm overwhelmed and I'm tired and I've got too much to do. But there's a book uh, wrote by David Allen. And he said this in his book. And this quote right here changed the way I think about everything I go into in my life. He said, much of the stress that people feel doesn't come because you have too much to do, but it comes from not finishing what you started. A lot of the stress in your life isn't about that you have so much to do, but it's just you're not finishing what you started. And so maybe is there something that God has called you to do, and I don't know what it is, and it's not so, it doesn't have to be something like this, like go start a church, go start a ministry. There's something God has called you to do. Maybe he told you to talk to someone or say a word to someone or give to someone, and you haven't done it. And you keep putting it off, and you know that God put it on your heart. And you know he's telling you to do something. For me, that was this. That was this church. When, he, when I felt like God told me, I said, no, I'm not doing that. That's absolutely crazy. After, like, my story and my life, I'm not going to dare plant a church, especially in my hometown where everybody knows me, everybody knows everything about you. And I kept saying no and no. And he told me in 2017, the end of it, and I said no. And he waited, and I waited, and I waited. And I thought, for sure, if I keep telling God no, eventually he's just going to He's going to leave it alone. He's going to find somebody else. He's going to let somebody else do it. But then wouldn't you know that there was one Sunday, Katie and I were sitting at church, and the pastor was up front, and he said, close your eyes, and I want you to begin to pray about um, and see what God's showing you he wants for your life. And I closed my eyes, and I was praying, and uh, it was at the end of the altar, and Katie and I looked at each other, and I said, what did God show you? You know, I was being nosy, and she said, well, what did he show you? And I said, okay, on the count of three, we're going to say what he showed us. There's no way it's going to be the same thing. Um, we didn't do that, by the way, at the same time. I ended up just blurting out. But I said, God, he told me it's time to do the church. And she said, you're lying. And I said, no. And she said, I feel like God was saying the same thing to me. And it was in that moment, the next week we talked to the pastor, and we said, we're going to uh, leave the church because we feel like God's calling us to do this. No bad blood or anything. Um, and just side story, the protection, the provision, and God's timing. For God to remove us from a situation that we had no clue what was going to happen months later, to protect our family, and to put us in a position to be here to do this. That's God's timing and protection. And like we said last week, obedience is our job. The outcome and the response, that's God's. And we're going to be obedient to God, and God's going to handle what comes from it. So I want to ask you a question. I want, to, I want you to think about what is it for you? 
Like, what is it you know that God has put on your heart? And don't think it has to be something big. There's, when I asked you that, there could have been somebody's face that popped in your head. And you know you're supposed to talk to that person. Like, what is it for you that God has put on your heart? I want you to take a moment and think about it. and Let it be prompted by God. Like, this isn't like, what have I started and I haven't finished? It's not like, you know, I did start the last season of The Bachelor and I haven't finished it yet. Or Katie loves The Bachelor, I'm calling her out. Or it's not like, I started Narcos and I didn't finish Narcos or anything like that. No, what did God prompt you to do that you haven't finished yet? And I'm going to read you a scripture and I want you to think about it. And this is what Jesus in, in Revelation, he's talking to the church in Sardis and he says, I know all the things that you do. And you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Saying, he's telling them, on the outside, it looks like you have your life together. It looks like everything's going great. But on the inside, I know that you're falling apart. That you're not doing what God wants you to do. And we're great at that, by the way. Putting on this facade like life is great, um, life's good. If you know me, I hate talking about feelings. And my friends will call me, how's life? Oh, life's good, man. We're doing great. But on the inside, I'm hurting or I'm struggling, and it takes them forever to get that out of me. Like, like Jesus, what Jesus is saying is that on the outside, everything looks great in your life. But when you lay your head down at night, you know there's something that's eating you up on the inside. There's something that God wants more for you. Jesus is telling them to finish what he called them to start. Now, the question I want to ask right here is, what is your unfinished business? What is it? I want you to try to think of something. And maybe it's not right now. God's not showing you right now. But maybe for some of you, it came to your mind instantly. Like, what is it that as a follower of Jesus that you are prompted to do, that you know you're supposed to do? There's someone you're supposed to reach out to. There's someone that you're supposed to say something to. There's someone you're supposed to give something to. Or, the, or what is it that God had called you to do that you have not done yet? There's someone you're supposed to forgive. Or there's someone that you're supposed to reach out to. Heal a broken friendship, share faith, give something, finish a degree, start a hobby, serve somewhere, start a ministry, launch a business, apologize. What's your unfinished business? It could be any of that. Paul gives us an advice in church, in the church of Corinth, in 2 Corinthians. He says, here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it, and now you should finish what you started. There's people in our world right now and in your life specifically that you can see faces that they're, they're waiting without knowing on you, that God's prompted you to be something or be someone or be a voice in their life. And right now they're stuck where they are because we're not finishing through what God had called us to do. And it could start with something as simple as come to church. It could start with something as good as you want to go get coffee. And that could open doors for something else. You don't know what the power of a moment. You don't know the obedience to follow Jesus. What could God could do with one moment of obedience in your life? My greatest accomplishment in life, and I mean this in all serious, is getting Katie to marry me, okay? My greatest accomplishment. And I say that and you think, um, well, some of y'all have spouses and you're like, it was easy and all this stuff. It was not easy to get her to marry me. Um, in fact, she messaged me, one, this was like, early on Instagram, and we got to know each other, and we were chit-chatting, and like three days later, you know, we done asked every question, you know, when you're first talking to somebody, like, what's your favorite color, what's your favorite movie, what's this, what, if you could have a pickle or a hamburger, what would you choose, you know, all these weird questions you're asking, um, and after three days, I was about certain she was about to ask me to marry her, because we were, we were like that, let's click, this is, her mom and dad are in the room right now, um, and I was like, she's in love with me, it's like three days, she's in love, um, in fact, the opposite, three days later, she messaged me and said, we're not going to talk anymore. Like, this is a wrap. 
Um, it was nice getting to know you. And I said, okay, well, okay. So uh, anyways, I waited about a day or two. I gave her her space because I knew God was going to speak to her because I was praying. I was over there fasting. I was like, please, God, speak to her. Let her know that I am the one. Um, and it was more of I just kept texting her. Like, I would not leave her alone. I was like, hey, um, let's just keep asking. Like, let me keep asking you questions. Or like, you know, it'd be cool if we went to dinner together. Like, if we went and ate some food. I'll promise I'll pay. I don't have much money, but I'll pay. Um, and, and so finally, she agreed to go to dinner with me. Like, not meet me there. Like, I was able to pick her up and drive her to dinner. Like, it was a date. And we were at dinner. And I don't know if it was because uh, she was really annoyed with me. I have not asked her this. Would somebody go undercover and ask her this for me, why she said yes to marry me? But she, the, perver- the perseverance I had, like if I wouldn't have, in all honesty, I think about it. Like what if when she told me we were not going to talk anymore, um, and that's me being nice how she was like, you're not my type, get out of here. Like what if I wouldn't have kept pursuing her? What if I wouldn't have kept going after her? Like, would we be where we are today? These are questions I ask myself. Like, what if I wouldn't have given up as easily as it would have been to give up? But with anything in life, when it doesn't go the way you think it should or doesn't look like you hope, my prayer for you and what I want you to be able to say is that people may see us struggle, but I promise they're not going to see us quit. Like, I don't want you to quit on what God has for you because when you commit, you don't quit. You're a finisher. Acts chapter 20, Paul says, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. There's many things that people miss when you read this scripture. There's a phrase. Why could Paul finish his race? Paul said his race was done. Why was he able to finish it? Like when Paul was arrested, when he was doomed for execution. They told him all these setbacks, these obstacles, this opposition, this persecution, this pain. By the way, opposition was in the words I misspelled in here that I almost just completely said wrong. All this pain. Like, why could Paul finish the race that he was supposed to? It's because Paul was not running the race for himself. He said his life is worth nothing to him. Paul, it wasn't about Paul's desires. It wasn't about his dreams. It wasn't about his money. It wasn't about his popularity. And I believe that if you're quitting on something that God has called you to start, maybe um, it's because there's something more valuable that you view more valuable than God in your life. And that hurts to say. Like you think there's nothing more valuable than God. But if God has called you to do something and you're not finished it, what is it you're putting before God in your life? Paul said, I consider my life worth nothing. So what is it for you? I consider my blank worth nothing. Could it be I consider my personal comfort worth nothing, my net worth worth nothing, my people's opinions of me, I consider that worth nothing, my social media falling, I consider that worth nothing. I just want to finish the race that God has called me to run. That's my prayer for you, for this church, that we commit to God and that we do what God wants us to do. So how do we finish the race? How do we do what God has called us to do? Easy, it's what Paul did. We don't run it for us, we run this race for God. And it's a lot easier when you're tired, you don't want to do it anymore, to, to when you realize you're not doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for God. And how do you finish? You take the next step. The good news is that you don't have to finish the race today. It's not a sp- it's not sprint to get done right now. You take the next step. And I'm going to get ready to close with this idea. Um, so whatever y'all do, y'all thing. Um, If we look at every step that Jesus took, I'm going to close with this. If we look at every step Jesus took to to the cross, we see countless uh, opportunities, countless lives changed, all because Jesus went to the cross one step 
at a time. Right before he took his last breath, Jesus said, it is finished. He did everything that God has set before him to do. And how did he finish the race? He didn't run for himself. He said that he's here to do the will of his Father. He ran the race for God. Listen, what's that look like for Jesus? How can it look for us? Even when they hated Jesus, Jesus loved them back. Even when they hit him, he would turn the other cheek. Even when he was on his way with the cross and he failed carrying the cross, he stood back up. He didn't stop where he was. Hanging on the cross, as they were cursing him, they just beat him, nailed him to a tree. They cursed him. He took another step and he said, Father, please forgive them. When he couldn't take anymore, in Hebrews it tells us that the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? What could be joyful to him as he's hanging on the cross? He was thinking of you. He was thinking of all of us. The joy before him as he endured the cross. He didn't give up. He kept going one step at a time. And from the moment his ministry and his life started to when he died on the cross, he had predecided everything we talked about the last five weeks, that he was ready, he was consistent, he was devoted, he was generous, he was faithful, and he was a finisher. And so the trajectory of our life goes towards what's easy and what's, what's common and what's good. And the devil wants you to quit whatever it is that you've been called to start. But I hope today and after you leave here that you have predecided that when you commit to something, when you commit to your family, when you commit to a friendship, when you commit to anything, that you don't quit. And so how does this play out for you? Well, it's easy. When you're about to give up, you don't. You say no. You say another prayer. You pray again. You make another call to that friend. You give another gift. You run another mile. You memorize another Bible verse if that helps you get through it. You ask for another meeting. You talk to your child again. You pray for your child again, even though it's getting frustrating and they're not doing what you want them to do. You keep praying for them. You keep showing back up. You keep doing what's right. You commit. You don't quit. You take another step. And now some of you might be thinking, well, Casey, I can't take another step. Like, I've, I've loved this person enough, or I've forgiven this person enough, or I'm just so tired. I can't do it anymore. What do we do then? Well, I, I love sports. And in 1992, um, in the Barcelona Olympics, there was a British runner. Uh, Mavericks can put him up for him, Derek Redmond. You may know the story. Uh, one of the greatest uh, sprinters coming out of Great Britain. And he was running his race, and he's, this was Olympic, the 400 meter. And he started off super strong, and he was running. And halfway through, he tore something in his hamstring, and he fell to the ground. And if you've seen the video, he gets back up, and he's trying to finish this race. And he's trying to make it on his own. He's taking another step, and he's hurting. And all his dreams now at the Olympics were crushed. Any opportunity to win it was gone. And he didn't think that he'd be able to finish the race set before him. But what's cool is that his father was in the crowd. And his father came down on the track, and he picked his son up, and they finished the race together. And I want to tell you that if you feel like you can't finish, that you're not running this race alone, that the father is waiting for, with his sons and daughters to help you finish this race. Whatever the weight is on you right now, if, you, if it's depression, if it's anxiety, if it's panic, if it's addiction, if it's something on you, if it's forgiveness, unforgiveness, whatever it is, and you feel like, I can't take it anymore. Every day I wake up feeling like this and I can't do it. The Father is ready to help you. And this morning, I want to give you the greatest opportunity of your life. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, this is the greatest decision you'll ever make. 
because now you're not running a life of a race alone in life, but you're running with the Father. And he wants to run this race with you. And in Philippians chapter 1, it says, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue to work until it's finally finished on the day that Christ returns. So why do people quit? Why do people quit on ministry? Why do they quit on their goals? Why do they quit on God? Why do people denounce their faith? It's because quitting is an option. But in your life, what if quitting was not an option? What if God called you to it, so you're going to finish it? You're going to go through with it. And I can promise you that with this church, whether it's me up here talking to just Katie in the crowd, that this church is going to make a commitment to this community that God has called us to here, and we're not going to quit. That we're going to see this through. That there's people in this community that needs Jesus. Just go out right now during the, most, the busiest church hour of the day. Go look around. There's a lot of people not in church. There's people that are not in there, one, because they don't believe in God, or two, they've been hurt by church. And my goal is I want to restore, not because of me, but I want people to come here and see how good God is. That maybe someone else hurts you, or maybe God hurts you or lets you down, but there's nothing better than this right here, living a life for God, living in community with God. And so people are going to say, they may say they're going to see you struggle, but you're going to be able to tell them that you may see me struggle, but you're not going to see me quit. That when I commit, I don't quit, and I'm a finisher.